Always an honor to spend it with you guys every week. Big shout out to KMET out in California. You guys rock. We've heard from you. Uh, if you miss bits and pieces of the show, Wrench Nation, you can catch the Sunday podcast. You guys rock. We appreciate all your reviews. iHeart, Spotify, all of them. Greg, there's like a hundred different. Man, we have too many choices. You can't in keep life. up nowadays. Yes. Speaking of choices, I found it odd before we dive into the show topic. You guys are going to really, really enjoy this show topic. I, I find it odd. We are narrowing down. To, there's more language, 2030, 2035. California wants to get rid of stuff. All fossil fuel related. What are they doing out there? I don't know. They're, I don't know what they're drinking. What happened to car culture and ice? Those internal combustion engines, they really, really are serious about that. Now, I see the feds. The feds are always ambitious. They're always coming up with goals. And most people <laughs> would say, no way, Jose. But they're talking about, like, huge EV uh, substitutes. Yep. And people are angry. SEMA, I've heard from you guys. I've seen the comments. SEMA, there's going to be a shift. There has to be a legacy of ICE. However, what do you do with the future of EVs? Well, you have to adapt. You have to adapt. And that's the world we live in. We hope that car culture, as we discuss all the time on the show, uh, you guys can still tinker. Now it's more dangerous. You got an electric vehicle. <laughs> Be careful. Positive and negative. <laughs> By the way, that hybrid, you see all that orange stuff under hood, man. Stay away from that. Right? <laughs> uh, WrenchNation.tv, you can catch the show. I do want to take you guys back, a throwback show, the history of Ferrari. This was an honor to have Enzo Ferrari biographer, Luca Del Monte. He called in from Italy. That was not a live show, by the way. <laughs> but uh, he had access to some uh, unique uh, portions of uh, Enzo's history and his life from the early days of racing and developing Scuderia Ferrari uh, through the years. So you guys check out that show at your leisure over a drink, maybe on a Sunday. Uh, that show episode was 134. You guys can catch that. What is shaking and baking in the world, uh, Greg? What, you went to a car show. Man, you're always at car shows. Yeah, I, I have to admit this past Saturday, I went. To, uh, I was able to be partnered up a little bit with Hot Import Nights here in Scottsdale. It was hot, though. It was hot. Listen, was if some... you're calling your thing Hot Import Nights and you're not in Vegas, Phoenix, where it's really yeah. hot, get yeah. rid of the name. You better be in Arizona. <laughs> it better be after hours, right? <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of folks out there are taking Yeah, there was. But one of the things that uh, came up to me this week is last week was Monterey Car Week. Oh, yeah. And Monterey Car Week, that's where they have the shows, they have the auctions. Italiano Concorso. Very big deal. Yes. And at that auction, they sold over 790 cars. People are hungry for cars. What do you think the total money spent was? Well, out out of cheap. 790. They sold $469 million in cars in <sighs> with just with selling the 790. Well, I, I say Isn't this. Isn't that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. crazy. I'll this is my logic. To me, that's... The stock market's broken right now. It's a big yep. head fake. There's a big head fake in the markets. So why True. not invest True. in a wonderful hoopty that you can own <laughs> and you get 10% back a year? That's, that's an average of 600 grand each car. I love it. It's good to hear and it's good to it is. see the activity. So some of the people think the, the market on classic cars is, is dropping. It's it's really not. not it's strong. Yet. It's going. Um, and they also noted that a lot of the buyers were millennials buying their first car, six-figure cars. 
And uh, that was a whole other aspect of it. And a lot of people were uh, were documented as impulse buying. Look, when the millennials came out, you all thought <laughs> they're broke. They're living with their parents. Yep. Well, they figured it out. Yep. <laughs> it is. They're knee deep in their careers. They've had success. They're celebrating life. Yep. And they should buy yep. a hoopty they like. And then, and it makes for a great investment. Right. I love it. Yeah. And during this auction, they had an 80% sell rate, which is high right now. So it was just a successful auction. I actually missed it, but I don't plan on missing that next year. That's for sure. On this show, a lot of you are dealing with a very common service. All my shop owners, automotive technicians. And yes, you guys hanging out on the weekend in your driveway. Brakes. Would you agree? Brakes. All of you. I can do my brakes. Brakes is a no-brainer. Brakes. Went to the garage. Your cousin, your Uncle Louis said, oh, I can do the brakes. Everybody's <laughs> doing brakes. My mother, I called her. She's doing brakes. I said, Mom, slow it down. Are you getting the brakes done properly? It's a big, that's an important question. You got the brakes done, they stop, but now you got a squeaker. Your neighbors give you that look. <laughs> Are you truly getting your brake system squared away? True. Now, I know a lot of you automotive technicians, you're doing a lot of training. There's 100 million lines of code on an F-150. That is no joke. Sometimes in the service space, we do take the brakes for granted. And I say this because... You're mating up the wrong brake pad material, perhaps, for the need of an F-150. The need for an F-150 is going to be different than the Kia Rio. Absolutely. So we are honored to have, I got to say, the godfather of brakes. Dun, dun, dun. Dino Crescentini from uh, DFC, Dynamic Friction. Um, you've heard of them. They're all over you. I know some of you are installing those brake system Components, pads, rotors, hydraulics, all of that. Dino's been around, well, I want to say since 1860, around breaks. It's oh, in 1863 his, or 4, I think. I think, I think his doctor said, you got asbestos in your blood, baby, from back, <laughs> <laughs> way back when. But in all reality, Dino has uh, spent many years uh, in the automotive industry, and we're honored to have him on. We're going to talk about his story Absolutely. and then really get into uh, the misnomer with breaks. Man, if I can save you anguish. On a professional level, uh, what's the lifetime value of your client that comes into the garage and it takes one brake job yep. that you basically lost a client because you didn't use the proper technique as well as superior quality parts? Parts. Yep. How many of you are looking for a deal? Everybody. I get it. You go to the movies, you want a deal on popcorn, <laughs> but you're not going to get a deal in automotive parts. And I say that. I'm going to no. get hate email on that. No, I'm, you won't. I'm sorry. No, you won't. Yell at me if you want. You can email me. Give me all kinds of nasties. <laughs> you pay for what you get. Absolutely. And part of that is the science, the research, the testing, the development for a quality end product. And we're talking breaks. And that's what we're talking on today's show. I want to hear from you guys. WrenchNation.tv. You can get in the comment section. Uh, so you had mentioned, Greg, regarding... Uh, this sort of exuberance. Boy, if we went back into the 1920s, that level of exuberance. Do you remember the 1920s? Everyone was like Dixieland and we were, everybody was happy. And then the stock dancing? market. I am dancing. <laughs> I'm dancing on air. I love that era, by the way. Yeah, I do too. I love the music. But when we talk about that exuberance, we're talking about this level of just people are strong mm -hmm. with their financials. And they're out buying. You mentioned classic cars, but U.S. new vehicle prices 
set to hit record high despite mm-hmm. raising interest rates. Despite of it. That's something to be said for that. Those interest rates, listen, we all know the Fed's trying to break the economy. That's economics 101. Yep. Slow it down. I don't know how it's going to end up. I hope I hope it's a, what do they say? <laughs> a soft landing. Yeah. <laughs> Explain that, right? But right now, you, uh, the new vehicle prices are expected to hit a record high uh, before end of month on the back of strong demand. So you guys are buying. You're buying those uh, vehicles. 46000 by the way, is the average price of a new vehicle. That's, wow. I didn't know that. 46,000. I'm not sure it was 11.5% increase, four or 5,000 or so increase. Are you experiencing keeping your vehicle? Now, I see, I see in the industry our average age year has gone up, mm-hmm. which is good for us. Yes, it is. We like to fix your ride. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you are saying, you know what, I'm not having it. And then electric vehicles pose an issue because they're spendy. We just had this rebate. It's been signed into the deal. They changed it. Manufacturers were selling. If you sold 200,000 vehicles, your particular platform did not qualify. Biden and our fearless government said, nope, we're going to remove that. And now it's just a flat 7,500, yada, yada. Please go buy EV. But then the prices went up 8,500. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I love you, Ford, uh, Elon, and your Elon Musk uh, Tesla tribe. By the way, don't mess with the Tesla tribe on Twitter. <laughs> you will get it bad. I'm the lone, and you guys can find us, uh, your mechanic, you are mechanic. I have a Twitter handle. I have a tweet hood. Do you really? I yeah. didn't know that. I do. It's a lot of fun on there. Once in a while, you got to shut it down, but don't ever say anything about Tesla. <laughs> if I post a big block picture, forget it. What am I supposed to do? Post an electric motor? That's the soup du jour. Great. Hey, maybe you should try it. See how it works. It'd be real interesting to find out the future. Boy, if we could fast forward. Fast forward, I think it'll come down to where banks will not give loans on cars unless they're electric. Now that is... Just throwing it out there. Whoa, Dad. That's a large statement. That's what I think. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Bank of America. Are you listening? Chase, all of you. Wells Fargo. Can you slow the roll down? That's what I think. I think I think we should have, this should take us 100 years. For sure. <laughs> I just want to at least retire working on, 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 on gas I have to start engines. all over again, I right? have to start all over. Uh, speaking of starting all over, you hate it when the production line produces a vehicle, and there are problems. Hyundai Kia announces another recall. Another one? Yeah. Hey, what about that Ferrari recall? Oh, that was sad. Oh, man. And it was every single Ferrari made. <laughs> that is terrible. We'll have to ask Dino about that. I believe that was a brake master cylinder reservoir cap, and I read conflicting mechanical stories on that. Didn't make sense to me. We all know that cap is to fight moisture. Right. You've, you've seen it. You've seen the cap all yeah. bloated, and or your ex-husband put some sugar or something, then it's really <laughs> bad. I don't know. But Hyundai Kia announced that another recall uh, related to fire. So if you own, let me get the year straight. Wait, you said fire? Fires. <laughs> Why not? You can you have re- fire like it's no problem. <laughs> I don't think a manufacturer could fight fires. <laughs> no. I don't see Nixa getting a letter from, from Hyundai Kia. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, this is not dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Do not recall it. Uh, the recall impacts 281,000 vehicles in the U.S. And those companies are urging customers to park affected. Park these vehicles now. It's dangerous. Wow. Yeah, I think NHTSA is a powerful organization for that, National Highway Transportation. 
They keep products, uh, oh. in this case, automotive products in line. The recall impacts the Hyundai Palisade and 36,000 of the Kia Tellurides. Wow. If you own the 2020 to 2022, you remember, post-COVID, you got a raise. The economy started flying again, and you bought yourself a Hyundai Palisade. Oh, trouble. Trouble. Fires. So, NHTSA, N-H-T-S-A, .gov, or call your dealership last aid of the VIN or the old VIN and uh, get that taken care of. It's criticals. Uh, they're talking about an estimated 485,000 vehicles. That's a big recall. Wow. Greg, real quick before we wrap up to second segment, anything else shaking in your world regarding antiquities? Class, what can I expect for the fall car shows? Uh, well, I'm not sure about the fall car shows. There's a lot of them going on. I'm, I'm excited to go to uh, Magnus Walker's Peterson Museum. He's going to put a bunch of cars on exhibit next month. It'll be a little reveal event type thing. I'm excited for that. But, uh, you know, this is the season to start getting the classic cars. So I'm, my calendar's filling up. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shows out there. We'll, oh, yeah. be, we'll be announcing some more shows, automotive industry but shows. But I do have a little follow-up. Oh, you did? Princess Diana's cars selling next month. The Ford Escort. Her Ford Escort that she custom ordered. It's going live next month. It is overseas. But I will have some follow-up for you next week on that. Princess Diana in a Ford Escort. Turbo. I don't remember, but it was it was everything you can get, fully loaded. I didn't know they made and, an Escort and, and, and Turbo. And she ordered it, so when she wanted to drive herself around with her kids, she didn't have to be chauffeured. She was low-key. Jumping her little No Ford. security, none of that. Right? None, none of that queen right. security or anything. Right. So if anyone's interested, let me know. We could you know import it for you. <laughs> I want you guys to stay tuned. We're going to dive into the depths, the deep, the abyss of brake systems. Brake pads, rotors, hydraulics. You guys think you know it all. I'm hearing you. But there's always something to learn, especially on these newer platforms. What type of brake pad should you be using? Right? Are you doing a disservice to your wife's car or your client's vehicle in the garage by mating up the wrong material? True. I want you guys to stay tuned. we got Dino Crescentini, Dynamic Friction Company, the godfather of brakes, joining Ranch Nation. Stay tuned. Well, listen up. I'm talking to you about one of the premier auto parts superstores in the country, Parts Authority. One of the biggest problems that we can have in a modern day garage is when our parts don't arrive on time or the quality of our parts are just not there. The Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counterfolk, national program, quick delivery, AC Delco, Monroe, Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstore. If you're an installer or own a garage, you need to check out PartsAuthority.com. Funding. For Wrench Nation Car Talk, brought to you by Vision Collision, a full-service auto body repair, collision repair, and automotive paint facility in Tempe, Arizona, serving all of Greater Phoenix. Free towing, free estimates, Vision Collision, family-owned and operated, 480-248-9049, Vision Collision. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. bg 
BG. Now, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about this. We have a benefits portion of our website, wrenchnation.tv, where we've got benefits for the Wrench Nation community, which is really protection for you, your family, your team. Your culture is important. Your team environment is important. So we're going to make it real easy for you to shop for healthcare, life insurance, device insurance, even pet insurance. I'm excited to share with you the benefits for the Wrench Nation community. Get on a wrenchnation.tv. We've made it real easy and simple. Your small business team deserve no less. Get on a wrenchnation.tv, check out the benefits page, and check out health insurance, life insurance, car rental, condo and home insurance. You name it, we've got your benefits covered. GetWrenchBenefits.com or WrenchNation.tv. As a small business owner, we have a ton of overhead. One of those is merchant fees. To process credit cards can be expensive. I save over 75% with Card Connect Paradise. Get on to charge-it-now.com charge-it-now.com or give Dan Arndt at Card Connect Paradise a call. His team is standing by to help you out. I save over 75% in credit card merchant fees every month. That's huge. 480-289-6304 Card Connect Paradise. Save on credit card fees. Merchant service fees don't have to be ungodly expensive. Give Dan a call, 480-289-6304. Card Connect, Paradise. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation, wrenchnation.tv. I've got an announcement. Uh, Automotive Service Councils of California, if you're a California service operator, automotive technician, there is a big conference happening September 16th. Uh, It's coming up uh, at the Embassy Suites, Ontario. Uh, you'll find a smorgasbord of great training. Top five things top shops do every right every time. Hmm, that sounds debatable. But anyway, Brian Stasek's out there, Automotive Training Institute. And they get into a whole slew of technical training for network nightmares with one of the leading technical trainers, Gary Smith, Diagnation. You guys can check that out on ASCCA.com. Uh, tell them Frank with Branch Nation sent you. In fact, I'll be out there. Uh, so I'd love to see you guys out there. That's out in California. We'll have more announcement information on that. Breaking system fundamentals. Do you remember that? What's the one one of the first tests you took? You didn't take drivability, but as a younger technician, you took brakes. Maybe you took steering and suspension. Seemed to be pretty easy until advanced fast forward in your career. You're in the service bay, and you've got this pesky brake squeak on, let's say, a Ford Expedition. How do you navigate that? What went wrong? Was it install error or product lineup issue? Uh, to help us navigate all things brakes, we're honored to have the godfather of brakes, Mr. Dino Crescentini, Dynamic Friction Company. Welcome, brother. Hey, it's great to be here. Isn't that the fact, though, sometimes like as technicians... We, we sort of say, oh, that's a brake job. That's, that's gravy compared to some of the other stuff we're doing. Uh, you're out in the field. Before we get into your, your backstory and, and your, your history uh, around the automotive industry, can I ask you, without kind of putting you on the spot here, <laughs> what's the number one or two things you see 
that as automotive technicians, we get into trouble with when it comes to brake systems? Well, and I know that's is, a big question. It is a big question, but it's also, it, it, you can get into a bit of controversy here because uh, one, of the, one of the things, and I go all over the country talking to all kinds of shops, and one of the things that, that happens at the shop level that personally I don't think should happen uh, because I, we, we take all our inspiration and, and everything that we learn is from what the OEMs are doing. And so one of the, one of the biggest problems I see is the application of grease on all areas that make contact within the brake system. And, and I understand why they do that because it is a quick fix and it, and it does, it does work to, Oh, you're saying over greasing sort of like the caliper slides where the, no, where not the, the slides. I'm talking about the abutments, uh, the abutments where the okay. pads uh, fit into the abutment clips sure. into the caliper and also the hardware, the hardware. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and also the, uh, the back of the, the back of the pad. Okay, and so my first uh, question to people when, when we discuss these things is like, well, okay, or I make a statement rather, and I say, hey, there's probably, I don't know, 50 to 80 million cars per year produced, depending on what year it is, on planet Earth, right? And I say, and I ask them then, you know, are you familiar with how many of those vehicles leave the factory with grease on the abutment clips? The answer is zero. <laughs> You're hearing crickets. No, but I've seen that. I'll, I'll be quite frank with you. My early days as a younger mechanic, I would get all kinds of stuff in the aftermarket, like I, like dippity do stuff on the back of the pad, you know, like the blue stuff. And I, yep. I, I think, I think for some places that's like a hail mary because they got a squeak from heck. Meanwhile, they've got other issues that they didn't address. Um, let's just dive right into a dynamic friction company. You're selling. OEM, it's, it's all designed as factory OEM level, which comes with everything you need. Talk to us about that. Because some of these, I've seen this, some of these brake pad kits, they're homeless. They don't have everything you need. Well, Can I say that? Yeah, that's a fair statement. And uh, again, what is, as I said earlier, we drive all our inspiration from what the OEMs are doing. So to that end, we work for our premium lines with directly with OEM manufacturers, whether they're uh, even the backing plate suppliers, the hardware clip suppliers, the shim suppliers, these are people who manufacture for the OEM, so they know what they're doing. So we're starting from a, from a pretty high level um, to make sure we're getting the absolute best, especially for our premium lines. And, of course, the friction material suppliers as well. Um, and Dino, can we talk about friction? I have a lot of our yeah. uh, soccer moms listening to the show, and you know they go into a shop, and, and, and the shop says, you need brakes, and... They get it. They hear a squeak and such. Fundamentally, it does come down to the friction material. The inferior, am I right by saying the maybe? Well, it, you got to look at the whole thing holistically sure. because you can't just look at the friction material in a vacuum. You got to, does it have the, because uh, you can have the best material in the world, but if your backing plate is conventionally blanked and not, let's say, with shave abutments, it may not be moving in the caliper properly or may not fit in the caliper properly. And there may be your problem. Now, for those of you listening, and again, I speak to, to my soccer moms out there. I know you've gone into the shop and had the brake squeak. I want to make sure that you understand there is, obviously, there's a right way to do things, and uh, you do your research before you go into a garage, but without getting knee-deep technical for you, the idea is you want to ask that question, like all other systems, am I getting everything I need 
to do the job right. And you guys know with brakes, yes, you want to stop smoothly, but it is all about the squeaks because harmonics is a big deal, Daniel. And that's what you're talking about. That backing plate, that's essentially helping. It's like blowing through a reeded instrument, I guess I can say. Like there's a lot of vibration in oh, well, harmonics. That, it, it, it generates from the friction material, but it, it, also, it fans out through the backing plate to the bracket to the upright to the suspension arm. Um, actually, one of my comp- my first company was Auto Specialty, and I sold that to an OEM, Lucas Verity, and I had the uh, uh, the pla- you know it was it was wonderful because I was able to go through all their OEM factories, and there are guys in sound rooms welding on weights all over the caliper and all over the suspension piece just to tune out brake noise. So uh, there's a lot of science that we yes there is we 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 take for granted. Um, one thing that we see in the garage often. And we, we get excited for this if we have, you know, DFC uh, lineup of uh, brake pads. Perhaps we've got the rotors. And we're going to talk about rotors because that's, that's also another key ingredient, one of the Absolutely. other key ingredients. But um, it, it's, it's knowing there's a sort of level of confidence with a technician. I've had technicians. I've seen this. Not in my garage. But I've seen technicians get really upset at service advisors that are sending out parts that are no bueno. They already know. Talk to us about that. There's a certain sense of confidence knowing that a brand has done the research. And if they get something else, it's like, don't give my five-year-old that cereal. She's not, she likes Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There's you know, a reason for that. There's yeah. a reason for brand. Talk yes. to us about important DFC doing the research and working with so many OEMs. There's a lot that goes into that. You know, uh, these past couple of days going around in the Phoenix area, we talked about that to ver- various shops and everyone, because everyone's got a private label program. And I'm telling you to a shop, to a person at the shop, they want nothing to do with it. They've, everyone's come, come around. Of course, the pricing always looks attractive and everyone's got burned. So they want nothing to do with it. They want to know about the brand and the people behind the brand, the company behind the brand, the type of work that they do to, uh, to make sure that time and time again, they're going to be getting the same, you know, high quality uh, every time. So the people, you know, will pay not a lot more for that, but they'll definitely pay for that. Yeah, we they want know they fair. Get the, the, but the card out the, out the shop right, without right. any troubles. We got to go back in time. You've been around the block. I understand dad. Dad was an inspiration. Talk to us about the early Absolutely. years before computers, internet, social, <laughs> all those things. <laughs> those we nasty don't... things. Right. Talk to us about dad. Dad uh, was a big part of your life and, and well, how you started up in the industry. Yeah, exactly right. My dad, uh, he, he was an Italian immigrant and, you know, he came over in the fifties and, uh, you know, uh, wanted to live the American dream and, uh, had an opportunity at a, at a shop and then, then had an opportunity to have his own shop. And, and because, uh, he was basically working seven days a week, the only way I could hang out with him was at the shop. So there I was. As a Did kid. you fight that? Uh, no, I, I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really know. I mean, that was just the way it was. Your first week hanging with dad in the garage, picking was up there purchase. an appeal for you? Did you feel, and I asked this because I got a lot, a lot of younger up and coming technicians that sort of struggle with sort of the identity, like we all do, right? When we're, when we're young, um, you had an attraction factor. It was dad was there. This is what he's doing. Yeah. But immediately it's like, Ooh. I was well, going to say, I, smelling brake dust. No. <laughs> <laughs> I smelled a lot of things, but, you know, it was exciting. Plus, too, he had a lot of, uh, he dealt with a lot of, 
race drivers. One of the most famous ones was Ken Miles, by the way. Wow. And I don't know if you saw Ford versus Ferrari, but he was the... We had them on the show, the stunt drivers uh, for... Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and we did a big, they were amazing. So my dad was partners with him in the early 60s before he went to Shelby. Man, that's... So, and I I didn't know who he was, but I felt this, something was special was going on with with all these guys around. And to me, it was always fascinating. And plus, honestly, the sound of a V12 Ferrari when you're five years old, I mean, it still gives me a chill. (laughs) That's why I say, I mean, like, I hope hope we don't lose. I mean, of course, we're a bunch of gearheads. We're going to not speak otherwise, but we, we hope that we don't lose that connection for our youth. And lately I've been on this rant about getting them from the digital face plant to the underhood face plant. Um, and you know, that's a whole nother story, but uh, do you find that in, in terms of breaks, you mentioned that the backing plate with all this, uh, extra stuff or not enough in the composition of material, uh, that metal, is that a metal shim? Is that what that is? That's well, there's the backing plate. Then there is a a rubber, steel rubber shim typically behind the backing plate, which again, it is, it is slightly rubberized to help. Oh yeah. To attenuate the noise and excellent. Yeah. Or move it off into a different frequency. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, let's get to the shims because, uh, some folks are out there buying sort of, uh, you can buy a $9 pair of sneakers, but I don't know if you could buy a $9 pair of brake pads. You probably missing, could, but you don't want to. <laughs> right. But missing, for folks listening, uh, you know, maybe they're just getting introduced to brakes that way. How important is the hardware? What's the job of the hardware? We know that it keeps it in place, but what else is it doing? The, the oh, shims it, and hardware. Well, it also, you know, it's a, it's a, provides a clean area because typically the, well, almost exclusively, the uh, hardware is stainless steel. So, it's, it's designed to keep that area clean without rust so it can move freely throughout the whole life of the pad. And then additionally, it's become an area where they paid special attention to in order to reduce the noise. Um, and so now almost all abutment clips, you know, hardware clips, have a Teflon coating on the backside of the pad. Now, this is that quote-unquote grease, if you will, that people are using to try to attenuate the noise. The, the OEMs do this by uh, applying this Teflon coating. So it actually performs uh, a function of reducing the noise in the system as well. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. We're going to dive in more into uh, the brake pad lining material and then sort of sizing up uh, passenger car, truck, which is the best application. OEM Technology is advancing every year. DFC's research and development department is dedicated to that very thing, making sure that they meet or exceed OEM standards. Visit dynamicfriction.com for your next brakes purchase. Dino Crescentini, the godfather of brakes, will be rejoining us right here on Wrench Nation. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. Bolt-on Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-on Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text. Real-time digital reports multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. 
Info at boltontechnology.com. Whether you're looking for a full-service direct mail or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, MailShark has got you covered with over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more. MailShark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly, pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit themailshark.com. Right on. Welcome back. WrenchNation.tv. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you're new to the show, we are an automotive lifestyle show. We do cover some tips here and there. Uh, you certainly can hang. WrenchNation.tv. There's a ton of shows there. Share with a friend uh, if you have anybody in the industry or someone in the family. Uh, we have over 260 shows out there, and uh, I'm sure you'll find something that will get you going. Uh, the Godfather Breaks DFC Dynamic Friction Company. Co-founder Dino Crescentini, we're talking all things brakes, joins us in studio. Welcome back, Dino. Thank you. Yeah. Coming in from Vegas, I was going to say sorry about our heat, but... Oh, no. This is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to this. And then we also have someone else in the studio that I got to pay homage to. I've, I've, I've known him for several years, always, always doing us well in the industry and in, in, in our garage, Lance Small. You're uh, you're in studio uh, from TriPlus Sales. Welcome, brother. Thank you, Frank. Always good to be here. You are out there getting the good word. I think this is this is what we're talking about. So we're talking brakes, really good product. But then, how do we get the word out? And you, for years, I knew at least in my garage and many others. I shout out to Virginia Auto Service uh, in Phoenix. You're the conduit. You're you're trying to set the word straight. Uh, we a bunch of rumor milling. Uh, Salon folks, there's a lot of rumors in the parts business that gets down to the technician that you have to straighten out? For sure, for sure. And it really is just grassroots knocking on doors, you know? Yeah. And um, But we've done it for quite a few years, you know? We've been selling brakes with Dino for about 30 years. I started when I was about two years old, I guess, so. Yeah, you're uh, young. Yeah. (laughs) You're one of those millennials, are you? No. (laughs) Yeah, right. Just missed. Dino, earlier we were talking about uh, the importance of of the brake pad and shims and and hardware and getting that right and perhaps, you know, staying away from all of the additive stuff to help quiet. If you buy a good brake pad kit, it will have everything you need, dynamic friction uh, company, DFC, you guys pride yourselves in that. We now got to step deeper because I want to speak to the consumer who is driving. We have a lot of folks on the weekend that listen to the show and they've been into a garage and they have a squeaker or speaking directly to the truck market. Over time, they're not able to dissipate heat because carrying a load in the back. How bad are we doing in the industry? We're not meeting up the right product for usage. Can you talk to us about that and then maybe add some of the lines of brake pads, you have several different lines. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, so as far as usage, you got to imagine that the OEMs are designing these vehicles for a very wide range of usage. So the big challenge is really matching what they've spent millions of dollars of research on. And what's complicated that now is with the advent of this copper-free technology, which pretty much all the OEMs adopted since about 2018, right? And that's opened up a whole new world because, um, and the challenge was getting the wear life out of it, but, but also the opportunity was it provided a, uh, a product that was, you're able to, uh, it offers a much wider range of friction 
avail, uh, availability. So you can get very, very high friction levels with very low noise, which you couldn't do before. What is copper-free technology? Copper-free. <laughs> I mean, is it copper-free? I mean, there's no it's, copper. And Lance, no copper, chime yeah. in, because I know you have a lot of these well, products. Well, I think you should share about the, uh, you know, the, the trucks getting 100,000 miles. Yeah. So basically, copper has been um, an excellent material for brake pads over the years, uh, but it's been legislated uh, out of use because um, there was uh, uh, an issue with the copper levels in the San Francisco Bay, and they had been studying this back since the 90s. Anyway, so there was all this back and forth. Not eco-friendly-ish? Not eco-friendly. They said the fish were having difficulty spawning. I know this sounds funny, but that's really where it all came from. And it was finally made into law by the, um, I'd say, the early 2010s. And they, everyone knew this was coming down. So the law is that from 2021, you could only have 5% copper. And this really only affects California and Washington. But really, since all the suppliers and manufacturers aren't going to make for just a, you know, two states, they really, it's the situation nationwide. Across the board. They had to. Yeah. So by 2025, January 1st, 2025, you can't have any copper in your, in your friction material. So, um, so what, what does that mean to the end user? Okay. So there's, there's a particular vehicle or set of vehicles that everyone talks about when you go talking about brake life. And that's really the GM trucks from 99 to about, uh, 2017 or something where these things were, you know, so the Tahoe, the Suburban, the, you know, those, those GM cars, the, the, the Cadillac Escalade and things you'd go to shop. It's like, okay, look, I, from the dealer, these pads were getting 120,000 miles of life routinely. And what people don't realize is GM uh, took advantage of the technology of the day and provided a vehicle with a very hard rotor, a very hard pad, but a 20% copper content. Okay, so to provide both wear, but also the lubricity to mate against these two hard surfaces. Well, they can't do that anymore, right? So now, even GM, with their latest iterations of vehicles, you might get 60,000 miles out of that set of brake pads, which is not good for the consumer. I'm that guy. I had the question mark over my head. I had people ask me that very thing. Yeah. And I, I had no clue. Yeah, well, that's it. That's why. So if you're driving, is Ford in there too or just mainly GM? Just GM applied all those those things together in one Understood. package so and that, that gave that performance. The truck platform, if you're driving that, and traditionally you drove for years with no problem, copper-free brake initiative, that was passed, and now we don't have that anymore. Correct. It's a game changer. I mean, I want to save the fish, but I don't <laughs> want to prematurely have to. So what do we do, Dino? You change brakes more often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but the, the consumer doesn't want to hear that. But the upshot, oh, here's the upshot, though. The uh, the performance of, the, of that brake system was good, very good, considering the wear, but the performance they're getting out of these new systems far exceed that. I mean, you're basically getting now sports car performance with these new materials. And uh, we recently did a bunch of tests with a 2020 uh, uh, Ford F-150 and also a GMC 2500. And these, these cars stop extremely well, far beyond what they were able to just even five or six years ago. When you say new materials, copper went away. Copper went away, yeah. What, what's the new materials? If I can ask, unless this is secret ingredients. Well, you know what? I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> we need a chemist on here. We, uh, we need Lance, a chemist. I mean, over the years, I, I remember back in the day, it was like semi-metallic was the thing. Yeah. Which metallic, you know, handles heat well, right? Is that the purpose behind that? Yeah. And then we went to ceramic. Ceramic came on the scene 
Dino, what, 15? I mean, they've always been actually, around, but... Actually, ceramics came around about 30 years ago. Ake okay. Bono developed the technology about 30 years ago, I'd say. What's the importance? Let's talk about that. Heat's a big deal. Let's go back to the truck market. Uh, you have a specific brake pad uh, that's well-designed and is meant for truckload trailering. Because I, I think, I will say, personally, if I was to make a mistake in my garage, I didn't made up the right product for need and that need is typically within my truck market and of course we learned and we overcome and now now we're doing that but talk to us about how important it is otherwise the the, the trucks trailering and towing that application heavy duty it's a disservice to them because they're going to be back in the garage so for trucks we actually have aside from our standard formulas we actually have two additional materials uh one would be what more more or less like a classic semi-metallic which everyone's familiar with we call our heavy duty material. And that's really for your standard vehicle that may be overloaded. Um, so the friction level, the friction output matches the OEM, but the wear characteristics are, are better to better at higher temps. Semi-metallic, a softer or harder pad? It's typically harder. So, so then what we have though is, is a very, very unique product that we just came out with that took about three years to develop. And it's for uh, particularly geared for the trucks that are lifted with uh, very large diameter wheels, 38s. Some guys are even putting 40s on there. So you can imagine um, the extra stress and strain that it places on a brake system where you have, you're replacing a 35-inch wheel with a 40. That's just extra leverage on the brakes. Uh, that's so, a game changer. It changes loads and everything. Absolutely. And then most of these guys are, you know, with those, with those vehicles on the weekends are towing, uh, towing toy haulers. And uh, we developed this pad, not only on the dyno, but in the real world in, in, in California, we've got the highway five, it's called the grapevine. And well, it's a killer. On it's breaks. a killer. Well, yeah, so that, like that a, grapevine, it's yeah. like a 6% grade for, I don't know, 12, 15 miles. There's not one truck runner, runnery ramp. There's three of them. That's how many vehicles lose their brakes coming down that hill. So in fact, I did it on one of my vehicles, by the way, when I was trailing up in my race car. Well, we have that out here, Lance, we have uh, off I 17 sunrise area. Uh, coming from high country, mm-hmm. in fact, my my F one fifty will do the Macarena because it's heat soaking. It needs brakes, by the way. Oh, <laughs> <such> a- <laughs> you know the rotors. So we're going to talk about the rotor warpage and the okay. pulsation in a minute. But yeah, we have our fair share. But that grapevine out in California, it's that, infamous. Yeah. So so it's never ending. Like, is yeah. this done yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, exactly. And and a lot of people lose their brakes down there. Like I said, I have myself personally. So to me, it was a very personal situation. And we've come up with a material that's kind of a class eight type friction material combined with a sports car material. And it, it gives you very high torque, very high friction uh, uh, power uh, with very good wear at very high temperatures. What kind of temperatures do you know we're dealing with? When you say friction, uh, how hot are brakes getting? I mean, how hot can they get before it gets dangerous? And I guess brake pedal fade. Those, you know, yeah. for you listening, your pedal seems to want to not sink all the way down like a hydraulic issue, but it just starts, you're like, oh, wait, these brakes aren't as good like they were five seconds ago. Yeah, standard brakes can pretty much go to 900 degrees, you know, maybe thousand degrees. And so we're talking about realms in the 12, 1300 degree range in racing. We see temperatures of 1600 degrees, 1700 degrees. And there's very few, you know, parts that can last that at those temps. But so we're talking very high temps for extended periods. Um, and, uh, and, and we're also talking about uh, operating at those temps and not wearing away like an eraser. So it has to survive too. So that's the other, that's the other hat trick. Uh, European platforms, um, are they any different? Like, my wife drives a Mercedes. She doesn't let me drive it at all. 
it seems lately. It's like, uh, like a car doghouse. <laughs> Is that even possible? Like, just send me to the doghouse, but... I want to drive that Deutsche Landa vehicle. But is there a difference in European? Because I know you guys also specialize Absolutely. in that European lineup for brake pads. Traditionally, and, and specifically for other world markets, because ch- the Europeans finally got the memo that Americans don't like, don't drive 150 miles an hour, they don't like brake dust, and they don't like the, the, the creep grown that, that, that is, is exhibited with these European-type materials. So, creep, wait, creep, creep grown. grown. Yep. Can you explain that? Because I've had people call me in the garage. I just got a brake job done, and now it's got a slight. And I, I read TSB. I read a lot of bulletins that said that's normal. Yes. What is creep grown? Okay, so creep grown is is kind of a um, it's a condition that is really when you use a low metallic brake pad, which almost all European cars, at least they used to use these low metallic brake pads, and there's a reason for that. We can get into that if you'd like. But um, – they're very aggressive. And rather than being uh, adherent, like most brake pads, even semi-mets are adherent, all ceramics are adherent, these actually are called abrasive brake pads. So they actually dig into the metal. And so at beyond the, the very slow speeds when you're, when you're, let's say, pointing downhill and you've got an automatic vehicle and you put your foot on the brake and you slightly release that pedal, the, it's, it's, it's very aggressive. So as it's, sticks uh, as it moves forward it kind of stick slip stick slip stick slip that and makes so, sense if you guys can imagine this is radio we must paint a picture okay uh you have a clamping device breathe the clamping device is kind of on a moving rotor it stops the rotor as it releases that release point is the creep grown yeah it's caused from stick slip so you can imagine you can imagine that right stick slip i, so I hear it, you so i get in it. that in that movement you get the creep grown gotcha because you're creeping and it's groaning which is operating as designed in some applications (laughs) so the reason why it it's just a condition of that material and the reason why they use these materials um you know europe in europe especially in germany they're famous because they still i believe have no uh at least in certain areas don't have any speed limits so it's this is really the only type of material where you could be driving down the highway for 10 miles your brakes are dead cold. You're going 120 miles an hour, which is normal over there. And let's say a deer runs out in front of you. It's really the only material that can withstand an instant, instantaneous cold braking event and stop. So again, application, don't really, like here, like you said, we, I have more complaints about brake dust too. That yeah. can happen. But the Europeans, they don't care. As long as I can stop quick and they go fast. They care about performance more than right. anything else. Correct. So semi-metallic, so they don't really brake care dust. about brake dust. They don't care about the low-speed creep grown. But uh, Talk to a ceramic, um, and then I want to talk about brake rotors, the the veins that one doesn't really talk about. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to get into brake rotor vein, because that translates to those of you that got an inexpensive brake job somewhere, and then shortly thereafter, the brakes are like dancing the Macarena. You get that bounce in the pedal. Uh, ceramic, and then we'll move to the brake rotors. What's the importance of ceramic? Ceramics, uh, first of all, can be and should be very quiet, especially if they're made with the proper materials. But that doesn't mean you can buy a cheap ceramic and just call it a day and say, oh, yeah, I bought a ceramic. It's not going to make noise. That's not, that's not the case. Because it's all in the science. It's like a chef. It's, it's exactly, you can't miss ingredients. You cannot, and not just ingredients, but it's also the process. You know, So just, just like you get have the best ingredients, if the cake's supposed to be baked at 350, but you baked it at 400, guess what? 
that cake's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. So, so I didn't so, even think so of that. So it's all it's, part of the process. Right. As well. Right. So all these things all uh, uh, make for a good or, or, or bad brake pad. And so the ceramic, a well-made ceramic uh, is, will provide, should provide no, I mean, really quiet performance, really smooth performance. Uh, their downside is um, at very high temps, they tend to wear out quickly. And I'm talking very high temps. So uh, that's why you'll see, for example, in trucks, for example, you'll see the, the daily driver trucks like the, the, the F-150s and, the, and the, you know, the 1500s, basically the passenger type trucks, they'll become equip, come equipped with ceramics. But the service vehicles, the 2500s, the 3500s, the duallys, almost all of them have semi-mets, for example. So that's, that should give you an idea of, of how they position the brake pad for the product they're, that they're selling. Gotcha. That makes sense. I hope that's informative for you guys. Uh, that mysterious brake rotor disc, that plate, brake rotor veins. How many hours do we have? Well, we, we've got <laughs> we're gonna we're got eight minutes. Okay, <laughs> but it's so important because I think sometimes uh, a technician that's not aware, or, or mainly a service advisor who's maybe sourcing these parts, and and perhaps there's really, with all due respect, there's a very price-conscious individual, hey, I don't want to spend more than I have to, and they buy a brake rotor with uh, the uh, minimum or less than OE, original equipment design, for the veins, which is sort of the skeletal structure. Talk to us about that, because that creates a lot of problems. Well, believe it or not, the, the rotor is an integral part of the uh, system that can help reduce the noise. So it's not just uh, dissipating heat, and, you know, absorbing heat it acts as a heat sink, but it's getting rid of the heat. But the structure of it is also contributing to the noise. Okay, so, so its mass or lack thereof can change the dynamics there. So if you're looking at re really replacing your brakes and you want to replicate it as much as possible as to what came off the car from the, from the factory, the factory yeah. you really need to get a, a rotor with the exact same uh, vein design and a pad with, with the same friction output, with the same dimensional characteristics, not only the backing plate, but the shim and the attaching hardware. So all these things add up to uh, what would be a good brake job. I just heard go to dynamicfriction.com <laughs> if you have any questions. I mean, yeah, you can be overwhelmed. I think the consumer can be overwhelmed too, but... Um, you know, as technicians, uh, we want to make sure we get it right. We don't want to come back. The lifetime value of a client is huge for us, right? We, you know, there are occasions when folks will come in and, and, and it was just a courtesy. We did something, it was minor, and that's a win for everybody because we're all building relationships, right? You're in that relationship business and you're out in the field. And I do see brake rotors and, and, and I want to go back to the veins just to sort of tell you guys, uh, moms and dads out there driving your kids to school and stuff and you just had a brake job done and the rotors in not that think of a cooling fan the fan in your home if the fan blades were less there's an airflow issue the more blades and so the oes have specific vein count which helps all right here's a question i talked to an engineer many years ago and it confused the crap out of me he said that brake pulsation is emanating from brake pad material embedding on the brake rotor surface, where traditionally I was told that the brake rotors are warped from heat. That, first of all, your engineer was 100% correct. Okay, so that's called material transfer. 
That's the film transfer. You heard me talk about that a few moments ago. Um, so there's two types of materials that adherent, okay, where there's a, a, a strong film transfer on the rotor and there's abrasive where it actually abrades into the rotor. Either condition um, in the right, in, in the perfect storm can create a situation where uh, it will either add too much film. If there's, if there's, if there's a run out in the rotor and it, and let's say your pad's not retracting all the way because maybe the guide pins aren't, aren't, aren't moving properly, or maybe the seal is worn out in the, in the caliper. And so it's not allowing the piston to, to go back all the way. So in that perfect storm with a rotor, with, with a novel amount of run out, if it's up against the rotor face, just think about it. Every revolution you're going around, let's say you, you pull it out of a parking lot, you go down the highway for 10 miles and it's just rubbing on that one spot. So you're getting excessive film transfer on that one spot. So then when you go to make your stop, you step on the brakes and all of a sudden you get this judder. It's like, what the heck is that? <laughs> you know, and that's what happened. So it didn't warp. You just had, you had a perfect condition that created this bad scenario. With a warp sensation. Yes. You know, that's how everyone that's, that's what it feels. It. And then, right. you know, the wheels shaking, the pedals pulsating. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But yes, the... the that That's makes it. sense to me. It just, it just for years, I think at that point, maybe I had, I don't know, whatever, 22 years behind me. And I traditionally understood it as, you know, that's a, that's heat, that's warped rotor, but it makes perfect sense that it's material embedded in that rotor. I guess you could say hilly lance. You're going to add like yeah. kind of hills and valleys in the rotor under well, yeah. a microscope. You could probably. Well, yeah. And then conversely, if you've got a low metallic pad, that's abrasive, the reverse can happen where if it's rubbing on that one spot, it's abrading that one area, and then you're going to get your pulsation there. So you, all kinds of things can happen. No, the only thing I was going to say is I think it was your brake rep from a while back that told you that story, maybe. Yes, I must give you bow yeah. and praise <laughs> to Mr. Lance Small. Yes, and, and, and I think we went back and told the technicians, and they all looked at me with the eyes all crossed and said, oh, well, you know, going into the shop, that's one of the ones when, when you talk about a warped rotor and you start off going, well, I'm going to tell you, there's really no set. They go, oh, come on. You lose all credibility until they listen. But- yeah, I mean, and, and see it. Like, it, it you know, and, and, and there you go. Uh, we talk a lot about brake pads up front. Um, brake shoes, uh, I will tell you. I will uh, be honest and straightforward. It took me too long to finally get a grasp as a younger technician about actually successfully doing brake shoes. It was overwhelming. Lots of springs and slides and all oh my, and they were different. And it it's, took me, it took me about two years to really grasp the sense of doing. So as a younger tech, they would dispatch, you know, pads, rotors, uh, you know, brake flush. We're going to get all that old brake fluid and then rear shoes. I told the guy next to me, hey, uh, you want to take the rear shoes? Yeah, I, I, I mean, they're not easy. I'd rather do 20 brake. Pads and pad, yeah. This pad jobs and then one shoe replacement. It's just a pain. <laughs> yeah. I want to, before we go, I got to give you, give you the uh, floor regarding an accolade that dynamic friction just received. And that was, uh, it was five years uh, running in a row or six, six years. Six now. Yeah. Give us the accolades. You are award winning, baby. What did you just do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won the uh, award. Six, this is our sixth year running for. Um, we're, we're a member of the <clears throat> FMSI, which is Friction Materials Standard Institute, 
And all distributors and all brake uh, friction manufacturers are members of this. And this is where we get our, our information. If you're, if you see in the box of brake pads, you'll see the the number, and it's it's like why does NAP have the same number as Centric, which is the same number as DFC, and and so forth? It's because we all adhere to that uh, standard. The standard, sure. So what that means is that we've done more research than all the other members combined and contributed more information to the FMSI, which by the way benefits all all my competitors. Okay, but it benefits us first too because we're we're act- actively developing all these new numbers as we get these numbers assigned. So we're the ones in the industry that are responsible for all these numbers. That is amazing. Co-founder Dino Crescentini, the godfather of brakes. Please get on a YouTube, Dynamic Friction. You can catch some of those videos. DFC's mission, no doubt, is to deliver quality, innovation, and value. The next time you're in the market for brakes, please visit dynamicfriction.com. Dino, an honor to have you on. We're going to do this again. I hope so. Thanks. Lance Small, you always keep us straight in the garage with great information. Thank you for the introduction of Dino, and thank you for stopping by, Ranch Nation. Got it. Always a pleasure. Thanks. As I tell you, maniacs, every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.